Episode 16 of Max Sports. Welcome, everybody. Just want to say thanks a lot to everyone that tuned in to see my reaction to Todd McShay's mock draft. That got a lot of listeners from what I usually have been getting at the time I upload these episodes. So thank you to all who joined me uh, in our episode yesterday. If you like mock draft talk, I love doing that kind of stuff. So please do let me know in the comment section. Um, I've been kind of hearing uh a little bit about how the comment section's working with Spotify. I might try and do poll questions instead because it's a little easier. You can use that through Spotify where I've been hearing that you need to create an anchor account in order to be able to send me uh, Q&As. So I will be creating an Instagram and a Facebook profile uh, soon for Max Sports so I can interact with you guys and I might do mailbag through them so if you want to follow those accounts I will let you know as soon as those go up that way you can follow it and maybe you can do mailbags through there I can send maybe shorter clips on Facebook and Instagram and that way I can communicate with my audience a little bit better as we get underway I got some fun topics today I'll be breaking down I made a big list of teams that I think have a questionable future that I'd like to break down why teams I have concerns over, and then I have one that I, uh, a list of teams that I think have a much brighter future. I got my list of teams there, and I'll give you reasons why for it. I'll even predict some of these teams become playoff contenders next year. With all that being said, here we go, Max Sports. When I get to my first segment today, there's one thing that just kind of interested me that I kind of almost forgot about. The uh, XFL is starting this weekend, I believe. We got some games going underway. What do you guys think about that? For those who don't know, the XFL is a smaller professional football league that was started, I think it was like the 90s or 2000s, pretty much died off quick. It was pretty much WWE meets NFL football at a lower, obviously it's not competitive wise at the same level as NFL football, but they rebooted and they came back right around 2020, which was unfortunate because when they came back, man, I can't remember what came up around 2020 that really just shut everything down blank in there. Maybe you guys can remind me, but unfortunately they weren't able to finish their first season, but few years go by, they've rebooted things up, and they got a full slate of games coming for us. Are you guys excited at all? Are you going to be watching this? I believe the XFL is going to be on Fox? Either Fox or ESPN. I'm sorry. I don't 100% know that one, but are you guys interested in the XFL? Do you want to hear me talk about the XFL? I would love to. Again, I love creating content that people love listening to. So just wanted to throw that out there because we will be having football this spring. You know, we will have things to talk about and we will have games. Let me know what you guys think about it if we get some more XFL talk or not. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, we'll get to the main part, the meat and potatoes of this episode, as you'd like to say. So I'll start with the teams that I have questions for. Now, what do I mean by this? Not every team here is a failure or falling apart. Some of them were playoff contenders this year. I want to explain my concerns for them and why. 
what could be the case moving forward that makes me feel worried about these teams. And then I'll share the teams that I think have a very bright future. To start things off, I have the Baltimore Ravens on here. The reason that I have concerns for Baltimore, I don't know what they're doing over there. Lamar Jackson, who has won an MVP in that Baltimore jersey, has had some injury concerns over the last couple years, and now they're having contract negotiations fall out where, honestly, it doesn't seem that the Ravens want to give Lamar what he's he thinks he's deserved. And because of that, Lamar really doesn't seem like he's too interested in being there much longer. Now, maybe this is just, you know, they're waiting for the right offer. He signs, he comes back, and he plays five more seasons under, you know, the, uh, under the, the Ravens. But I, as of today, I'm not sure about it. And the problem with it is, if they move on from Lamar Jackson, how they've built that team, it's a run-heavy team, and it's built for a mobile quarterback Lamar ja- like Lamar Jackson. You can't just put a pocket passer back there and expect them to be uh, anywhere near as what uh, as good as what they were. Now, you could also joke that they have Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. But, again, he was just more of a filler and a game that's lost its respect in the Pro Bowl. They, they don't really have a replacement for Lamar, nor would they have the assets to get a replacement that will be able to play at the level as Lamar Jackson. It's a weird, messy situation right now. And honestly, after Lamar's MVP year, this is not where I thought the Baltimore Ravens would be. But right now, they just kind of feel like it's the same situation over and over and over and over again. And they're kind of good, but then they stink on games that you'd think they'd be able to win. But then they beat an opponent that they probably shouldn't. But then they lose to an opponent they probably shouldn't. And they're not really a Super Bowl contender, and but they play like it sometimes. It's it's ugly. And I don't know where this team is going because, honestly, I look at Cincinnati. I look at Pittsburgh. They're both, I think, in a better situation. At least they like the quarterback that they have right now. I don't know what Baltimore is doing with Lamar. You got Cleveland, who will have a full year of, of Deshaun Watson even though, again, he didn't impress me much. He's got a lot of – he needs to pretty much play like a top-five quarterback if he's ever going to turn around Cleveland's woes. But I look at this, and I see a division that's slowly creeping up and getting past him. I thought the Ravens were the team to beat even just a few years ago. And look at what happened since Lamar's, Lamar's MVP season. Burrow's taken over that division. The Bengals have gone to – Back-to-back AFC championships appeared in the Super Bowl. The Steelers have their new future face of quarterback, Kenny Pickett. They still are able to push out winning seasons. Almost made a playoff. uh, Almost had a playoff berth this year. And again, Cleveland should be a better team knowing that Deshaun Watson will have a full offseason and will will have a full season under center. I am worried if I'm a Ravens fan. And man, that's got to be one of the worst worse situations right now when you don't know if your star players truly even wants to play there. Another one that I have on this list as DJ Khaled would say another one, the Tennessee Titans. Now I like the Titans. I like Derrick Henry. I like Mike, Mike Vabril. My goodness. How, how Mike Vabril, Mike Vrabel. 
Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here we go. Mike Vrabel. I like him as a head coach. I don't like how I pronounced his name. I really do like some pieces on this team, but the thing that worries me the most about him is I think that their Super Bowl window has been shut. Unfortunately, I don't really see Ryan Tannehill as a franchise quarterback anymore. He's been injury prone the last couple of years. I don't think that he truly has an, the arm talent to get this team over the hump. They don't have any elite weapons, whether it's tight end or receiver. They traded away A.J. Brown. They haven't really been able to fill that hole. They have absolutely no passing attack. They were one of the worst passing attacks in the NFL. I think that this might be one of the worst case scenarios when it comes to the NFL. You have a coach that has had success and has helped them get to the, you know, get to the big dance, get them to the AFC championship. But will he be able to get them through a rebuild? I don't know. It's a lot easier to come into a rebuild and build it up than win at the highest level, come up short, rebuild, and do it again. And I think Vrabel, there I go, (laughs) I think Vrabel could be the guy to do that. I think he's one of the better coaches in this league. But again, they're going to have to address the quarterback position because Malik Willis was not ready unless he secretly you know, got a rocket launcher and he can, he's pretty much Pat Mahomes 2.0 or something like that. He he did not show much to impress people in his few appearances this year. They, I don't think Tannehill's the future guy. Unfortunately, they gave him way too much money in his extension. And then I think Derrick Henry is going to start slowing down soon. I don't think he's as dominant this year as he was the last couple of years. He's had some injury concerns. And again, He's close to 30 now if he's not already over it. Any day of running back over the age of 30 is a ticking time bomb, unfortunately. And I am a huge Derrick Henry fan. I think he's the last of a type of running back that I love in the NFL, which is just that bell cow guy you can get 40 touches to and he can get 200 yards, mow people over stiff arm linebackers, but still have that breakaway speed. He's a fun player to watch. I am worried about his future, though. Honestly, there's not many players on that team I value outside of Derrick Henry. I see the Titans as a team that have been trending down the last two years, going from Super Bowl contender where they had that miracle run all the way down to now they had a losing record this year. I look at Houston. I look at Indy. They're going to be getting new quarterbacks, new coaches. They're younger. They'll have more cap room. And I look at the Titans as their doors closing as other doors are opening. I could see them being a bottom feeder in the division in the next year or two. Another team, and I just kind of threw this one up here. I had five teams. I threw another extra one up here, but I want to address it now. Is the New England Patriots. That's a weird one. Some people the Patriots. They got they got Belichick. What? What are you talking about? Ever since Brady has left. The Patriots have been the same exact team for the most part. This 10-7 to win team that isn't really good enough to win the Super Bowl, but isn't really bad enough to, you know, tank or get a, a superstar player of any sorts. The problem with the Patriots that worries me is the fact that 
I don't want to say they've gone complacent, but there's just certain things about this team that are, I feel like they're getting a little high off their own fumes right now. They think their farts don't stink. Guess what, Patriots? Everyone's farts stink. But when it comes to this, the reason why I say that is just some of the arrogance that they've had with their teams. When it comes to their offense, their offense is archaic. It's falling apart. It's almost as bad as the Titans. They really haven't had an elite weapon since Gronkowski left. They really haven't had an elite quarterback since Brady left. Mac Jones could be promising, but he regressed this year. He lost some confidence, I would assume, when he got benched for Bailey Zappi. I don't know what, what's up with this team. I don't think Mac Jones believes in his offensive coordinators. Now, I know they're moving on with it, but as a fan that, you know, as a Lions fan that dealt with Matt Patricia as my head coach, no way in hell am I giving him a chance as an offensive play caller. He was a defensive coordinator that is now on the other side of the ball calling plays. They didn't really even have an offensive coordinator. They just had two failed coaches between Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Sorry, failed coaches that don't coach the side of the ball that you're trying to develop a rookie quarterback on? That doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. You're failing Mac Jones. So I don't know if they're too high off their own fumes or they think too much or the Patriot way, but I'm sorry. They look like bottom feeders in that division. Same thing I said with Tennessee. The Patriots might get seven and go seven and ten. But is that what you really want as a Patriots fan when you have the greatest coach of all time? Belichick needs to do something. Or honestly, his days, it's not like he's going to be fired. But I compare it to my basket, you know, anyone who's a basketball fan is Greg Popovich with the Spurs. When was the last time the Spurs in San Antonio have been relevant? Not since Tim Duncan retired, Kawhi Leonard left. But he's still there. They still call him the greatest ever. But what have the Spurs done? And you can't fire him. He's a legend. You can't fire Belichick. But I don't see, as of today, I don't see the Patriots ever returning to the Super Bowl under the Bill Belichick era. Maybe that's a hot take. Maybe we'll look back on it. and You can all roast me up saying, oh, that was a pretty dumb take. It wasn't a hot take. I truly think that's the case right now. I think arrogance in a program, getting a little too comfortable, starting to become a country club, bringing in buddies instead of bringing in new, young, hungry coaches. I think it's costing them games. They probably should have been a playoff team last year, but they choked it away in several games they could have won. Next team on this list, I have the Green Bay Packers, and it doesn't hurt my it doesn't hurt my feelings at all seeing them up there on this list. Now, call me a biased Lions fan, hoping that the Packers suck. I think this is their problem either way. I don't think they'll be contending for Super Bowls, whether Rodgers stays or not. The reason for it is partially why they struggled this year. Aaron Rodgers got this big extension after his back-to-back MVP seasons. The problem with it, though, is that he's getting paid $60 million, and that's a hit on the cap. And that is causing them to lose several pieces, and really, it's, they're losing the, the, the overall team. Look at, the, look at how this team is designed. They have young weapons now because they couldn't bring Devontae Adams back. 
And then Aaron Rodgers decides to skip OTAs, skip some of the practices early. Oh, I'm the MVP. I don't need practice. Well, you need to mesh with your young receivers because you took so much money that your star receiver is gone now. Look at their early failures. Look at him ripping on his receivers. Oh, they weren't ready. They didn't play well. Well, I'll throw the ball when you don't drop it. Christian Watson really emerged as a number one receiver. As a Lions fan, I fear him. Every time he's a big target, Rodgers can put the ball anywhere on the field, and he can hit him in the hands anywhere on the field, 60 yards deep. He's a really good receiver. But look at why they they were so slow. They lost so many games early on in the season. It's because he didn't mesh with his receivers. Watson dropped a wide-open touchdown early on in the season. Huh. Gee, you wonder if maybe Rodgers was there with his receivers, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, the young rookies. They would have been ready. They would have been able to mesh. They would have been able to have, you know, chemistry with each other. So his arrogance costed them games early on in the season because he didn't want to, mer- you know, he didn't want to take a pay cut to keep his buddy, but he also didn't want to train with the new guys that he was also begging for them to take, begging for receivers. What is it? So honestly, I think Roger Stang isn't going to do any better. They could lose. They're probably going to lose Alan Lazard, their best, not not talent-wise, but their most experienced weapon, and they might lose Robert Tunyon, their tight end. And they have too many holes to address tight end in like the first or second round. But they don't they don't have any other weapons out of outside of inexperienced young receivers and Sammy Watkins, who I didn't realize Sammy Watkins was still under 30. It feels like he's been everywhere in the league now. And he has so much problem. Like, he has one good game. Everyone remembers who Sammy Watkins is. And then he gets hurt again. And then everyone remembers who Sammy Watkins is. <laughs> That's a team I have on my questionable future. Because then, outside of Rodgers staying, they won't be able to keep anybody. If Rodgers leaves, that'll still put a cap hit on it. You have a questionable quarterback in Jordan Love who hasn't been able to prove much mainly because he's playing behind Rodgers, on a rookie deal, which, uh uh-oh, if he plays good and you move on from Rodgers, then you have to give him all of the money next year. So you have to bet on a guy that had one year, one good year, in a contract year, and then you have to, you know, bet that he stays that way. And even then, then you can't sign one of the uh, veterans around him. One of the best things you can do is when you have a rookie quarterback contract, then you can overspend around the team to build around said rookie but he is going to be on the last year of his deal next year and if he can't prove himself as a starter then you have to draft another rookie which means it's a failed season i think the packers are probably going to finish third in the nfc north next year i don't think they'll finish fourth i think they'll be better than chicago but i think they'll be behind detroit and minnesota another team that i question the future of is the arizona cardinals Now, this is more of a short term than a long term, like the Patriots and the Packers and the Ravens and the Titans, but this is for this year. Kyler Murray, I have questions about his health, mainly Torrey's ACL. And then who's going to bring this team an identity next year? They have a new coach, but who's the face? Who's the player that, you know, if, if they have to put a player on prime time to say Cardinals versus Seahawks? Who's the face next to that Cardinals logo? Ain't J.J. Watt. He's not there. 
DeAndre Hopkins might be out the door. Not going to be Kyler Murray the first half of the year. Who knows if he'll even be up to pace by the time he's fully healthy. Who's the face? You know, I, I don't know. Is it Hollywood Brown, who I think is one of the most overrated receivers in the NFL when it comes to production and the amount of assets they gave up to get him? They gave up less to get DeAndre Hopkins than they did to get Hollywood Brown. Let's just remember that, everybody. So I just have a lot of questions with the Cardinals. I think they're lacking identity. I think whoever they need to draft, they need to draft a stud with this third overall pick. Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, whoever the case, whatever the case it ends up being, they need to come in and they need to be a star. Because without it, I don't know what they would have as an identity. They lose J.J. Watt. They lose D-Hop. Kyler Murray's not there. Your coach is gone. And this was a team that had a really bright future. Let's remember, guys, last year they were the last undefeated team in the NFL. They were what the Eagles were last year. They were the last undefeated team in the NFL. When you say it like that, you're you're pretty disappointed that they had a losing record this year. I thought they were going to be a playoff team. Now, I didn't expect Seattle to be as good as they were. I thought they were probably going to be a wild card team, one of the last teams in, but at least get nine or ten wins. Come on now, cards. And then my final team on the questionable future list is the New York Football Giants, the G-Men. Now, why? Because they made the playoffs. They had a rookie coach, Brian Dable. Daniel Jones played really safe. This is the question, though. What do they do with the offense? Their defense played good. Their defense kept them in most games throughout the season. And then all the offense had to do was manage the game, get a lead or maintain a lead or set themselves up for a win and the defense got stops when they needed. Here's the problem, though. Daniel Jones is up for a new contract. Saquon Barkley is up for a new contract. And they have a lack of weapons. Kenny Galladay is a huge mess on the cap hit. I said it yesterday. I don't know if he can make a sandwich correctly. And he's getting paid millions of dollars to do absolutely nothing on that team. Darius Slayton's a decent receiver but they don't have an elite receiver right now they need real weapons and we know what happens with running backs after their first couple contracts i would be worried to give saquon all of that money i love the talent of his and i think they don't make the playoffs without him but i also wonder what happens i mean look at what ezekiel elliott's doing look at your division rivals look at ezekiel elliott Do you want Saquon, and I know you don't see it while he's being elite and he's being a star, but look at Saquon's previous seasons. He missed more games than played in games the last couple of years, and that is something that I worry about, giving him all that money. And then on top of it, Daniel Jones, he played decent in a contract year. He's still not an elite passer by any means. He's not the reason why they win games. Can you move on from him? Can you really upgrade? You made the playoffs. Unless he really steps up on top of his extension, I don't see the Giants actually getting much better next year. And I think that they outplayed their competition early in the season. I see them probably being the same, maybe an eight, 
seven, eight, nine win football team, but I don't know if that's going to necessarily cut it for them to make it next year. I think Washington might get a little bit better. I think the Eagles might regress a little bit, but we'll still be ahead of them. I expect them to probably sweep the G-men. And then Dallas is going to be there as well. Probably, again, going to sweep the Giants. When it comes to the teams that I think have a brighter future, I'll start off with the Chicago Bears. Now, while they are a rival team to me, I will be fair, and I will give them a good, good, fair you know, critique on what I think about them. The Bears have a lot of draft capital. They have the first overall pick. They could trade out of that and get a huge haul. They have, you know, they have some decent young players. They have Justin Fields, who's a young QB. They have a young coaching regime. And they have a ton, a ton of cap room. I think this sets the Bears up to make a lot of splash free agent signings. And I think this sets them up to not only do that, but really put some pieces around Justin Fields, whether it's helping the defense out so Fields isn't always playing from behind, or, you know, getting him some weapons. I think the biggest concern for Chicago fans are that they don't have elite, elite receivers, and they don't have an amazing defense. I think a Jalen Carter, if you trade out, maybe move to four, let Indy move up to one in the draft, but still get a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter. I think you found your face of the defense that you can help develop and make the defense better. You could expect Justin Herbert maybe to be able to take, or Justin Herbert, Justin Fields to take a step up. Hopefully I haven't been saying that all episode, but Justin Fields to take a step up and really show him that he, you know, show everyone he's a franchise quarterback. And honestly, I could see the Bears possibly doing what the Jaguars did when it comes to their rise. Maybe not necessarily being a playoff team, but going from first pick in the draft to maybe fighting for an eight or, you know, seven, eight, nine win season. They have the young quarterback. He's going to be getting more experience. He, you know, he missed a couple games. I think, again, you could draft one of the three best players in the draft whether it's Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, that is going to make an impact on the team. I think doing that right there adds a couple wins on its own. Plus all of the cap room that they have, I think the future is bright for uh, Chicago. Before I give you my next four teams, I will be taking a small break only because I only have 30 minutes of recording time. So I'll do a quick transition here into our next segment where I break down the four remaining teams left on my higher, brighter future list. Before we get things started, I would like to let you know that I am now on Apple Podcasts. If you are a fan of the show, but prefer the Apple ecosystem and their apps, you can now find Max Sports on Apple Podcasts. All right, thank you, everybody, and thank you for letting me put that little Apple Podcast self-promo in there. I just, again, want to keep expanding out my you know market and keep sharing my podcast with the world. Thank you for giving me that little, little few seconds there to do so. Now we're back with our four remaining teams. I just talked about the Bears' bright future. Now I'll be talking about some other teams. Two of them are NFC, two of them are AFC. Colts. I think the Colts have a very bright future. 
Now, this might seem difficult after how terrible of a season they had last year, but I will tell this to any, any Indianapolis Colts fan. You just had the best season in the last probably three years. You had the season you needed. I know as a Lions fan, and this is why. I saw the end of my last coaching regime. I saw their terrible draft picks. I saw failure at every level. They couldn't make the playoffs. They had a veteran quarterback in Matthew Stafford. We couldn't get over the hump. We weren't clinching playoff spots, and we weren't adding enough talent to win. We were making terrible signings. It wasn't working. That is almost what the Colts have been doing the last few years. Now, while they're playing quarterback roulette, and my example just had Stafford, and I still think Stafford has more left in the tank than any of the guys that they've been bringing up and down, you know, through that <laughs> franchise the last couple of years. This is something the Colts needed. Give up the quarterback roulette. Start fresh. You have the fourth overall pick. You could potentially select from C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. Shoot. Who knows? If you want to trade up and draft Bryce Young, the Bears aren't going to want that pick. They want to move out and get a defensive player. So trade up, get your guy, or select from Stroud or Levis. You'll have a young guru coach coming from Philly, Steichen. I keep saying that. Shane Steichen. I don't think that's right. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But um, you'll have a young guru coach young guru quarterback, you know, young prospect that can be molded in however you want. I think this is a great reason why they have a bright future. And again, it's going to be a pretty open division. I thought the Jaguars showed promise, but I still think they have holes that they are missing. Again, I think the Titans who have kind of been the face of that division are falling off a cliff. I don't even expect the Titans maybe to get more than seven wins next year. So again, you get a young quarterback that's on fire. Maybe you could double your wins from last season. Who knows? Another team from the AFC that's in the same division, I just mentioned them, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I think they still have some holes, like I just said in the Colts segment, but Trevor Lawrence's emergence into the NFL could determine whether they stay what they were last year, which is about a 9-8 team, or they really push, open the doors, and run that division for a few years. Trevor Lawrence really emerged as a star in the last couple weeks of that season. He played great through 25 touchdowns, very careful with the ball for the most part. I know people rip on me saying that because he threw what three or four interceptions in the, uh, in their wild card round game, but he's a pros pro dude threw what three interceptions in the first half against the, the Los Angeles chargers. In his first playoff appearance ever, down by double digits at halftime and still found a way to get through the game and not only do that, but win that game. Dude played a hell of a game, and that is that is a very mature presence for a guy that's, that's still young in this league. On top of that, like I said with the Colts segment, the Titans, I believe, are falling off a cliff. They're old. They're injury prone. They're lacking in weapons. They have a lot of free agents, and they don't have a lot of talent in a lot of positions. I see the Titans falling off, and I think, especially now, while Indy might still be rebuilding, Houston's going to be rebuilding, they could be rivals maybe in a year or two. Your time to win this division is now, Jacksonville. I pick you guys. I'd pick you guys today to win the division. I think you guys can win 10, 11 games, and I think you guys can maybe get, you know, get to the second round of the playoffs again. 
I'm going to say it now. My team's on here. My Detroit Lions, out of all teams. Now, again, I don't get a lot of time to you know compliment my team. And while I am a fan of them, I've grown up a Lions fan my entire life. We're mocked by the world. So <laughs> I, I don't get too high. You know, I've never gotten too confident with my Detroit Lions. I know, I know the history. But look at how they finished their season. They beat their, you know, they swept the Packers. They beat the Vikings, who ended up being the playoff team from our division. We swept the Bears. Five and one against our divisional opponents. That's building a culture. Like I said with the Cardinals from a couple, you know, from a couple minutes ago, a team does need a culture. I didn't realize as a fan, I thought a culture guy was just a dumb coach speak term until I really saw it affect my team. When they hired Dan Campbell down in Detroit, I was questionable when I was hearing, oh, he's a rah-rah, players love him, he's a, you know, they fight hard, he he can build a culture. Part of me is like, I don't care about a culture as long as we win. I don't care. But I realized once I saw it really showing itself, seeing my football team play better football than I've seen maybe in my entire life, that no, culture does exist. And a culture guy isn't just, you know, a term used to, you know, we don't really have any real traits that he brings to the table. So he's a good culture fit. Culture is important. You need winning culture. You need culture that you can trust. And I know I've said culture about a million times, but I'm really trying to show how important it is. We built a culture. Our team has confidence now. We know how to win. And I don't want that confidence to turn into arrogance. But on top of that, they have draft capital to potentially get over the hump. And the hump I mean is get that damn playoff win. The Lions are the only, only team in all of American, you know, baseball, basketball, hockey, football. They're the only professional organization that has not won a playoff game slash series, you know, like NBA series. In 30 years, the only one, and that's my favorite football team, get over the damn hump, win it, win the division, put another banner up for the, like, I, (laughs) my dad was 28 the last time they won, (laughs) they won a a playoff game, and I'm 22, I don't want to be 50 by the time they, they win a playoff game again. Show you guys, you know, prove it. I think they have a great prove it year. They have an experienced quarterback. All of their coaches are coming back. Their coordinators are coming back. They have two first-round picks. They have a decent amount of cap room to fill their holes that were showing early on in the season. And again, a lot of their big-name players are coming back. This is a team that has everything clicking right now. And while I don't necessarily expect their momentum of winning, what was it, like seven of their last ten games or last nine games, being the case to start the season, I fully do believe that my Detroit Lions can win a playoff game next year and potentially win the division. I think they have a very bright future. Finally, after that, my final team is the Carolina Panthers. I think they have a very bright future as well, mainly due to the fact that they outperformed expectations last year. With their lack of talent, I don't think a lot of people thought that the Carolina Panthers were going to be very good. Now, while they were in a very weak division, you know, with Tampa and New Orleans and Atlanta, that it was just mediocrity everywhere. 
I think everyone finished like seven and ten except Tampa, who finished eight and nine. They outperformed expectations. I didn't expect Carolina to be a seven-win team. I thought the Matt Rule experiment was falling apart, and once he got fired, I fully expected the Panthers to be probably drafting first or second overall. They won some big games. Fortunately, they unfortunately they beat my Lions. I thought they were going to potentially, you know, beat Tampa and make make the playoffs last year, though. And saying that with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and P.J. Walker, they started so many quarterbacks this year. I think they outperformed expectations. I think they solidified certain positions. They have some names. They have some players. And I I think Frank Reich was my favorite hire. I know I talked about that the day he got hired, but I, it was my favorite hire. I think he never really was a rebuild guy. He kind of helped a contending team get over the hump. But I I am interested to see on what he what he can do. It does intrigue me uh, on on what he'll be able to bring to the Carolina Panthers. I fully think whether it's drafting a quarterback or maybe it's you know signing Derek Carr. If they get an experienced quarterback like Carr, I could see them probably winning nine, ten games, winning that division. If they don't and maybe go more rebuild route, I could see them maybe giving up the same, maybe getting the same record, but really solidifying themselves next year for the playoff push. Either way, I think they have a very bright future. If I'm a Panthers fan, I'm excited for next year. And at the end of the day, that's what you want to be when I put you on this list of brighter teams. You want to say, man, I don't even care about the Super Bowl. I don't care about the draft. I don't care about the offseason. I don't care about baseball. I don't care about summer. I want my season to start today. I wish it was fall. And I think if you're a Colts fan, you do that. I think if you're a Jags, Lions, Panthers, or Bears fan, you're doing that. And again, like I said in segment one, I don't think you do if you're the other, you know, if you're those other teams. Yes, the Giants made the playoffs and they were above the Panthers and the Lions and the Bears on this list, but are you really confident that you're going to do it again next year? Mm, I don't know. So there's my list. You guys heard my teams. And maybe, you know, hold me accountable for this. If I'm wrong with some of these picks, let me know. Let's see how this list turned out. I'll save my list. I'll keep it in my little folder. I have my notes up here. We'll save it, and we'll look back on it later. And maybe I'll update it as it goes. So week one, I'll say, these are my teams that I think are really good. These are my teams that I have concerns on. And then we'll look at it at the end of the season. I think that'd be a fun topic. You guys let me know. With that being said, it's a bit of a longer episode. I know the second part, um, I know I talked about the XFL to start, and this was kind of more a part two. I had a lot of fun doing this. If you like this kind of content, let me know again. I might throw up a random poll question just about random sports talk here. I'll do poll question today. Are you excited for the XFL slash USFL? Now, the USFL is another smaller league, of course. They're starting up, I believe it was like March 15-ish or something like that. So about a month away still. But are you excited for these smaller football leagues? Are you going to watch them? Are you going to attend a game? Do you want me to cover them? I'm not going to ask all those questions at first. I'll just do a poll question. Are you excited for XFL slash USFL? So if you're a listener on Spotify... You can go into my, you know, go down on uh, my podcast page on this specific episode and it'll have the poll question where you can put your feedback in and I'd love to read the results on the next episode. With that being said, that's the end of the episode. I'll see you tomorrow. And again, I will be starting, like I said, in the fur or in my episode yesterday, 
I want to be doing team breakdowns. I'll be doing my first one on my Detroit Lions because it's easy. I know my I know my team very well. If you like that content, I want to kind of mainly talk about free agent targets, trade targets, uh, you know, what they should do in the draft, what should they do in free agency, what are we going to, you know, coaching moves, what are the expectations for the team. That's what I'm going to be doing with my speci- my special Lions episode. If you like that content or you have an NFL team that you really love that you would like for me to talk like that to, you know, maybe you're Falcons or Steelers or Titans fan and you wanted me to, you know, kind of break down your cap structure, what I think you'll do in free agency, what I think you'll do in the draft, what would be the best fits, what is going to happen with your coach, what are your expectations for next year, let me know when that episode drops. I'm trying to do that while I'm balancing work and school and trying to keep this show going for you guys. So once that does come out, your listen, your feedback would be much appreciated. Thank you. Have a great one. Bye.